This is the Koinos Community Church Podcast. Subscribe so that you can join us regularly as we look to find ways to close the gap between who we are and who God longs for us to be. All right. Oh, that's good. Thanks, John. We didn't get a mic check this morning. I got, was a little distracted this morning. I don't know. Some of you that weren't here as early as I was. Well, I don't know. Who had to drive around the tree outside that was on the road? Okay, some of us. So uh, we lost a tree or half a tree. So got a little distracted by that. So, yeah, I didn't get to ch- check ch- check the mic. So, But John is a professional, so that's good. Um, so you guys had to endure my preaching for the last couple of weeks because so I, I actually preached for... 15 or 20 minutes instead of doing discussion, um, and so I'm not going to subject you to that again today. My wife said I did pretty good, but she's biased, so um, yeah, she loves me. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. <laughs> Where's Lisa? Okay. All right. Um, but we are going to wrap up our series today um, of This is the Way, and so, and it concludes in the, this end, end of the chapter 24 of Luke. Um, we had we'd seen the we had seen the, the the women had gone to. I guess I'm preaching a little bit. Um, we, we'd see the women had gone to the the tomb and they found that Jesus wasn't there. The body wasn't there. And then our next episode was this couple walking out of Jerusalem to Emmaus and having this conversation along the road. And in the midst of this conversation, they are encountering Jesus, but they don't know it's Jesus. And their eyes are open in the breaking of the bread. We did that last week. And then now, this couple has gone back to Jerusalem. They find the disciples, and they tell them what they saw. And this is where we pick up the story. And so let me pull that up really quick so I can read it. And we're going to put it up on the screen. It says, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do, you doubt, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. So this is kind of crazy, because there's, like, it doesn't say it in this gospel, but some of the gospels it talks about him, like, a, just appearing in the, behind a locked door. Like, he's... A, what is it called in Muggle and in, in Wizard World? Um, apparate? Yeah, apparating. He's like apparating, you know. And I don't know if there was like a cloud of mist and, and fire and stuff, or not fire, but whatever that stuff is that happens when they apparate. But he was showing up. He was showing up in these places, and yet he still had flesh, right? They could still touch him. So I'm not, that's just wild to me. And if his resurrected body is what our resurrected body is going to be like, I'm pretty excited about that. That's kind of cool. So, anyways, he says, look at it, my hands and feet. You know, and they thought they saw a ghost, but this was Jesus. And, and when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. Do you have that feeling before? It's like you're excited about something, but you're not exactly sure what you're excited about. And that's kind of why people watch horror flicks, too. It's like, I'm excited, but I'm scared to death or whatever, right? And so there's that sense of 
they're joyful, but they're not exactly sure what they're seeing, what's before them. And then he asks them if they have anything to eat. It's like, didn't you just eat like you were just with these people? Um, they gave him a piece of broiled fish, which I don't know if I would have hanging around my place necessarily. I don't like, I like broiled fish, but I wouldn't just have some available, but a different time and place. And he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Kind of the same thing he had just told the couple on the road to Emmaus, he's telling these folks now. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. There's that word again, open, right? Oftentimes we keep ourselves closed off. We don't listen. We don't pay attention. What Jesus can do if we'll just, if we'll just let it sink in is he'll open our minds to what he's trying to do in our lives. He said, thus it was written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And see, I'm sending you upon I'm sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You are witnesses of these things. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. So that's our scripture passage for today. And I'm going to pass out that scripture passage. We're going to have some discussion. Emily will have the mic afterwards so we can kind of talk through this stuff. But kind of think about it. And I have a question in here. If Max, hop into those for me real quick. Um, so what kind of changes can repentance and forgiveness lead to? That's what he says is a part of why he did what he did. And then how can you relate this story to today? What is, what is the implication of these stories, the disbelieving, the, the doubt, the, um, the sense that, I don't know, I want you to look at, look at the passage together and see. Um, I've got a few copies of it up here, and so if you need the, the printed page, we can do that. You can look it up on your apps in your Bible. It's Luke 24. 36 through 53. But we'll give you a few minutes to discuss. Some of you guys may need to turn your chairs around, get a little closer, and then we'll come back and chat it about a little bit. Okay? Who needs a piece of paper? And, and again, we don't know what time of day it is or anything, right? But in Israel, apparently, like they eat fish for breakfast. <laughs> Every meal, right? If you're close to water. Um. All right, so how, how do we do? What was surprising other than the things that I might have mentioned? Emily's got the microphone. What was surprising? Y'all have heard this story or a version of this story probably before. What's surprising, though? Got to help me out. There was plenty of discussion happening. I heard it. I was listening, sort of, not listening specifically to you guys. Yeah? What was surprising? Uh, that Jesus is like, I'm hungry. You got some food. Right. You know, and I know that that's to like show us that he really 
it's always a little bit like, oh, yeah. Right. He, di- he didn't eat that, that fish and it just dropped to the ground, right? It like actually went somewhere, right? Okay. Eventually. Well, he went back up to heaven, so I don't know. He, that, broiled, that broiled fish may be still sitting in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, that was probably, yeah. Some of the people that listen to this are not going to understand, not going to appreciate my humor. Okay, yes. Broiled, with a B. Broiled, yeah, sorry. You, that's probably my Texas and her Oklahoma coming through. Broiled with a B, yes. I don't know. She just didn't hear me. She didn't hear me because I probably just, I kind of rolled it all together, right? Yeah, it's all good. Um, anything else that's surprising in there? Have you guys read the Gospels? I mean, when was the last time, I mean, you don't see the word ghost very often, right? But it's, it's got ghost twice. And this is not a King James Version. Like The King James Version will go the Holy Ghost, right? That's not what this is, right? This is, they thought they saw a ghost. I can think of one other time when he's walking on the water coming towards them. They might have said that looked like a ghost, right? So I don't know what they think a ghost looks like. So, um, But anyways, so ghosts may be real. Yeah, to them, right? They thought they saw one, so I don't know. Sure, yeah. Let's make a movie. <laughs> um, is there, so there's not a lot of character development in this specific one. I mean, we won't get any names or anything like that. But do you identify with the disciples in this? I mean, it's kind of unbelievable that somebody would die and come back. Did y'all talk about that a little bit? Yeah. yeah? What'd you say? Share. Right. Well, I mean, you think about the stories that we see, we see in these gospel accounts, these biographies of Jesus, where a child is raised from the dead, right? Or um, Lazarus, a guy named Lazarus, was in, in the ground for a few days, and like David said, his body would be stinky by this time, but he was raised from the dead. In those instances, we assume that they died again, right? For Jesus, we get this sense that, well, from what it says here, and then we'll say in Acts, um, and I think Matthew says something similar, um, Jesus doesn't die again. Like, all these other ones are kind of resuscitations, but this is a resurrection. And so for us to go, what would that be like? Because we have people, I mean, I don't know, People write books about having been dead for 90 seconds or whatever, right? And they tell about that stuff. But again, all those people, whether that's true or not, whether you believe it or not, I don't know. But they all eventually die. Um, And that's not the case with Jesus. So that's a part of that hope of the resurrection is that because he didn't, eventually we will be with him in some kind of reconstituted body that we don't really understand. Um, I'll skip the broiled fish. Um, so did you pick up on the elements of the mission of the church? I kind of slowed down when I read those, so maybe you caught it, maybe you didn't, but what are the things, what, what are the, what's the mission that that, that, that death and resurrection gave to us? It's not a trick question, it's in the text. Um, 
Well, I think it's, it's this when he says that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be cr- proclaimed in his name to all nations. That's um, right. And we talked a little bit about repentance and forgiveness and what that is. And I was saying, like, this is not even, this is not just a Christian idea that repentance and forgiveness are very liberating actions. Um, it's something that gets talked about a lot in therapy and, and in all sorts of places, repentance and forgiveness and choosing to, to live differently and, and to let go of things that are holding us back. And that's, a, that's like a very liberating action and feeling. And so to think about proclaiming that to all people, to all nations, um, I think that's pretty powerful. And it's quite the opposite of the condemnation that I think a lot of people associate with the job of the church. Right. We... Dan and I grew up in kind of similar environments, although 30 years apart. Um, 30? 20? Sorry. 20 years apart. Not, not apologizing to you, apologizing to myself. Um, 20 years apart, um, where you have to be forgiven, or you did something wrong and you need to be forgiven. And I think part of what we miss is that Jesus is telling us to be the forgivers, not necessarily seeking out forgiveness, right? But proclaim forgiveness. You've already been forgiven. Jesus did what he did so that you can be forgiven. And repentance is changing your direction, changing your course. We've talked to several times this over the course of this. I've mentioned this before, is that that repentance is not just turning over a new leaf. It's changing the way you think about things. It's making an about face, changing direction. Um, and so it's not just being sorry for what you've done. It's doing something new instead. And um, over the course of the last few weeks, we're talking about this is the way. And so there's this path leading into Jerusalem, and then there's this path leading, leading out. And as we proceed from this place, our mission is, whether it's today or next week or whenever it is that we leave, when we, when we move about, it's to proclaim that sense that you can change course. You can have a life that is different. You, can't, you, you can be forgiven if you seek out forgiveness, but part of our mission as a church is to be forgivers, to, to shed light on that, that you don't have to carry around that guilt anymore. You don't have to live the same way that you've been living. Um, so good. That's our mission. Is there any way, did you talk about like how this might fit with our world today, how the things that we read today, how it might how might that have an impact on how we live right now? That's that kind of one that got tucked away. I'm not sure why it didn't turn. It's the how can you relate this story to today? She's bringing in your mic. You're, you're plenty loud, but they won't catch it on the recording. I think, I think the hardest thing right now is to forgive these acts of senseless violence. How why these people are killing groups of people, the mass shootings, the schools. I mean, they're just killing innocents who have, could not have wronged them. They don't even know them. And so it seems useless, uh, ridiculous. I don't know the adjectives, but I don't know how to forgive, like, the guy that killed the students in college and all that stuff. It just seems it's more and more going on. It's horrible. The levels of violence, you know, forgiving Putin for his invasion of uh, Ukraine, all those kinds of things are going on. It just seems horrible. 
and I don't know how to forgive those people. Sure. In my heart. Sure. You know, it's difficult. And I think... It just seems... Uh, worthless, or I don't know how to put it, but I can't get my arms around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think part of what we have to do, and I don't want to, I don't want to downplay the the causes of evil and the root of evil. But part of what we have to do, just as in our own lives is figure out how we can just forgive the people that are right around us that need forgiveness, right? Um, Carmen and I were talking about this recently. I think, and this may be true, we'll get some head nods or whatever. We've all been impacted by gun violence. We, we knew people who lost people in a, the Aurora theater shooting a few years ago. We knew a young lady that was in Las Vegas when that guy shot people and she got shot. She just had a baby recently, but she was shot. It was touch and go. And so we've all been impacted by those types of things. And so I don't know what, this, I'm not going to use her name, I don't know what, what she did as far as her process of forgiveness. But I know in my life, the people that I'm closest to, the people that I have interaction to, those are the people that I have to be responsible for in those, in those realms. And I don't honestly know what people do when, it's their loved one they've lost. But I think, systemically, if we can forgive each other in our little spaces and communities, that can't help but spread out to other places. Because there's a lot of hate, and there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of bitterness. But if we can be the type of people who are forgiving and loving and compassionate, um, that can create some healthiness out there that invades some of those spaces where people are just lost and bitter and angry. Yeah. Um, any shifts we might need to make? I saw something. That movie, that horrible movie. What is that movie about the shed or the, the, the shed? I don't know, where there's the, the guy and the daughter is brutally murdered by the person heaven it's um is it the shack and then i read the book a few years ago yep and then god is like trying to teach him how to forgive his daughter's murderer like she's trying to tell him i think that like god jesus was with her the whole time or something Hmm. is that it i don't know i don't know i don't know i just remember thinking like no 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 like how like, he finds out that his daughter was, like, raped and murdered by this guy. And, like, I'm like, if that was Fallon, like, no. Right. Like, uh, how? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. But That's I think. It's hard to do. Yep. We talked a little bit about um, how this passage is about witness, Right. Um, and it's not about, like, just shouting Jesus everywhere you go. It's about um, being the type of person that <laughs> Jesus wants us to be um, and being that, you know, being that person in the world, um, kind of like what you were talking about with forgiveness specifically, but just, like, in general. That's how we, that's how we witness. 
um, and the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that's how we know, like, you know, how to be, so. That's good. And that, the word, that proclaiming word, and the word gospel, or good news, when you talk about the gospel, they say proclaiming the gospel, that's like somebody going in front of the king and saying the king is coming, right? And so, our lives should be, our lives should be focused on helping people see that the king is coming. The king is present, but the king is coming. Um, you can get really bogged down and you can throw people for a loop with that. But the way we show people that the kingdom is coming or the kingdom is here is through love and compassion and forgiveness and those types of things. So that's what we want to be about. That's what us as a congregation, as a community, need to help people with. Um, because, yeah, there's spaces where we, have, we, we walk up we walk alongside people that are trying to forgive somebody for horrific stuff, and we don't know how to do it. It's like a, like a death in the family, any kind of death. We don't have words for that. We don't know what to say. But if we can sit and be a presence with them and show them love and compassion in different ways, and we can at least help them through that. And I don't know if you're ever through. But, um, yeah. Um, let me pray for us. And then I've got a couple of announcements. We're going to have Dave come back up and close us in a song. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this, this group of folks, Lord. I thank you for their willingness to kind of dive into these scriptures together and teach each other and learn from one another, Lord. Learn from your spirit in the midst of that, Lord. I pray that we would um, change direction when it's required, Lord. I pray that we would be forgiving um, as we've been forgiven. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Koinos Podcast. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and share it. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at CC and on YouTube at Koinos Community Church. Until next time, be well, do good, and love others.